All right, good evening, everyone. This is Boss and Rudes. Evening for us, maybe morning for you, afternoon, dawn, dusk, um, twilight? Is, is that a time of day? I don't know. My name's Boss, here with Rudy, and then a special guest, Owen. How y'all doing? I'm doing great. Doing good. Basketball's back. Before we jump into basketball real here, real quick here, because that, that's going to be the topic today, I do want to ask. I started listing off those times a day. Was I missing anything? What did you hit? You hit morning? I, I hit evening first, afternoon, okay. morning, dawn, dusk, twilight, if that's a time of day. I don't know. The witching hour, maybe? Okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. What time is that? I think that's like three in the morning. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, dame time? Dame time, dame time. Dame time. Can't, can't forget dame time. Rudy, you got anything? No, I'm not really big into words that would describe the time of day, so I, I'm afraid I can't contribute to this one, guys. But... That's your loss. That's your loss, Rudy. Well, we don't really have a dame time here in LA. That's that's not necessarily on our watch. Showtime. You got showtime. Showtime. We do have showtime. Maybe like a, a tea time for golf. Yeah. You know, like yeah, tea yeah. time, tea one time. Of today. Add one of those today. So, beautiful, right. beautiful. We've come up with so many different words. And this is the power of a group of people. You know, it's just such a brainstorming exercises are very good for the mind. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying right now. But anyways, basketball is back. And, uh, you know, that, that race for the, the eighth seed, not the East one. The East one is sad and, and disgusting and depressing. But in the West, it's really heating up. Uh, um, Memphis won today after not winning a single game so far in the bubble. Phoenix is undefeated. Uh, Phoenix and Toronto are the only two undefeated teams left. And, and Phoenix is now the 10th seed, I think. Portland's nine, like half a game back or one game back. The Spurs are up there too. The Pelicans have a fighting chance. Yeah, they. The they Kings look, are really the only ones that they invited that have no say in the matter. Yeah, I mean they had that first game they played really well. I forget who they beat, but then since then they've faded. Uh, the Pelicans seem like they don't even want to be in Orlando. <laughs> I think I think they think they're still at home or something like they're playing in the Drew League or something where it doesn't matter because they don't seem interested in in anything that's remotely uh, related to winning a basketball game. I mean they got they got put on opening day on opening night and even then they barely showed up against Utah. I don't know. I I don't know. As a Utah fan that was a scary game. That should not have been a scary game. At least seeing New Orleans now, that shouldn't have been a scary game. Mm -hmm. But, man, that, that eight-seed race is getting really weird. I mean, what, each team has got, like, four games left, I think? Yeah. Uh, except I think New Orleans played to get today against Washington. I think they're still playing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird um, – that eight-seed is really odd. And you know the fact that, that only no matter... two teams are going to be playing for that eighth-seed is kind of sad because really, I mean – Memphis was, had the spot, you know, after Jaron Jackson Jr. got injured. It, it looks like maybe they're not going to be as good, but, you know, they have the the start on it. But, I mean, the Suns, the Spurs, and the Blazers have all looked really, really good. Uh, and so it's a shame that one, two of those four teams are going to be left out. 
Especially considering how bad the East is. Yes. Exactly. Like, I don't think or Orlando, Brooklyn, I don't think either of those teams is better than any of the uh, Grizzlies, uh, Blazers, Suns, Kings, Spurs, Pelicans. Especially like, with the way the, the Lakers are looking. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it looks like it's going to be an interesting series, especially like, I mean, what, like right now in the bubble, there was some <laughs> that is really funny stat. It's like before yesterday's game, in terms of the pecking order for the Lakers, in terms of field goals attempted, it's like AD LeBron and then Dion Waiters. So the guy who's played like three games, four games now with the Lakers is, is third in shot attempts here. So obviously, like, I mean, it's LeBron, so you don't really <laughs> – I don't I don't think it really matters who the third option is when you have LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, but, like, that's always a concern. That's always a concern in terms of like, especially if you're playing a Portland team that if you, if you take away the injuries, they're probably like a four five, six seed. Uh, if they had been healthy from the start of the year. Uh, so like, I think it, it, it'll be a really fun first round matchup. It's just sad to see the Blazers in that position from my standpoint, being a, uh, I don't know, like a, a Dame fan. Because you would like to see them survive a little bit longer before they have to run into freaking Los Angeles. I don't know. Uh, I like – I really – the two teams that I've watched most of every single game that – I guess I didn't watch every single game. But after the first game, I've watched all the Utah games, and I've watched all but one of the Portland games. And they are looking – they're looking really, really good. And doing it against tough, really tough opponents. I mean, Houston – uh, what, what they had, they had the Memphis game that went down to the buzzer uh, when before Jaron Jackson got hurt. The Boston game where there was that really strange decision to pass with less than 10 seconds left. Instead of <laughs> take the three when you were open. Uh, so, like, yeah, there have been some weird, weird moments. They play L.A. tomorrow, the Clippers, at noon, which is uh, going to be their toughest game uh, in the bubble. Rudy, we've been talking about the Lakers a lot. Uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> Uh, really not so much. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's a little concerning, especially that little stat that you gave up on, on Dion Waiters, but, um, I'm not really all that concerned for the Lakers, to be honest, just because like you said, it is LeBron and it is AD. And, um, I think AD's really taken the reins here in the bubble and LeBron, I'm not going to say he's been playing lackluster. I just think he's resting for the playoffs. He knows that they've clinched that number one seat. These games don't matter. He's not going to put himself in a position where he's going to get hurt. And he already, put himself in a position where he got hurt with his groin flaring up again. Um, so I think right now, I hate to say the two words that have eluded Los Angeles basketball for both the Lakers and the Clippers, but it's all about load management for LeBron. <laughs> um, so I'm not really concerned about Le- LeBron's performance in the playoffs, but um, truth be told, looking at the standings, there's only one team that really terrifies me Um in the playoffs and that's Portland because Portland, everything is just firing on all cylinders. I mean, the Grizzlies, the season series against the Grizzlies that the Lakers have had, we've been very successful against them. We've been really good at shutting down the perimeter game. And when you have someone like AD inside, good luck. <laughs> um, but Portland, they've handed our butts to us a couple of times in the regular season and they've made it really close. So um, I think if Portland makes it in on the nine, or I, mean, I mean, I think their percentage is what 42% to make it in. And then Memphis is 48 I think I saw that on ESPN this morning. I mean, I, I think that that's going to be that matchup. And if it comes down to those two teams, I think Portland takes it over Memphis just because 
I think they're just one of those teams that they're getting hot at the right time. And when mm-hmm. it comes to the playoffs, you know, I've seen it a lot in hockey, maybe not so much in basketball these recent years, but um, in a year where literally anything can happen, it would not surprise me if the if the Blazers make it through and even give the Lakers a run for their money. You know, at the end of the day, a number one seed is just a number one seed. And when you have someone like Dame, who's I'm not going to say carrying the Trailblazers right now, but definitely leading the way. Yeah, it's a little concerning when LeBron's hurt, getting hurt and the Lakers look like dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for them right now, it's absolutely rest. I mean, Caruso didn't play yesterday. LeBron didn't play yesterday. It is concerning that, I mean, look, he's averaging like, I think it's like 19 points per game in the bubble under the 45% shooting that he had in the season. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's scary. But at the same time, it's it's LeBron. So, like, right. you, you know he's probably going to turn it on when it comes down to it. But, like, this isn't like the 30-year-old LeBron or the 32-year-old LeBron that, like, carried them in Cleveland or carried Miami. He's a little older, but, like, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, like, like I said, it's, it's hard to count out LeBron with the amount of times he's – uh, broke my heart, um, <laughs> made me almost cry, uh, destroyed the Bulls on 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 several several occasions. Uh, I, I think the bright spot was probably Nasir Muhammad pushing him down and doing what we all wanted to do. Um, but yeah, it, it's always hard to count them out. Um, I really do think that series could go six for maybe six games. <laughs> Against Portland, yeah, I mean, like, I think it's it's, it's tough because I, I think we, as much as we, you know, I fully believe that LeBron's taking it easy, but then I don't, I think we haven't seen him play all out in the bubble yet. So I just don't know, like, if he's averaging that 20 and that 20 is, like, as much as he can do, that's one thing. But if he's, like, no, actually, when I give, you know, 100% effort, it's back to that, you know, I'm averaging 25, 10 rebounds and you know, crazy shooting stats, then that's a whole other thing. And I, you know, every year we say, is this the year LeBron regresses and every year he's, he's proving us wrong. So I don't know. I'm very excited for that, that series though. Cause Portland just, I mean, Nurk just totally picking up where he left off. Um, he's been so good. And Dame has been so good. And Mello has been, you know, we counted him out after last year. And he's he's putting up numbers. Absolutely, and I and say. I think the the uh, sorry, real quick, Rudy. The, I think the biggest thing right now for Portland is like the the like the switch from going to Whiteside back to Nurkic. It just shows how like one dimensional Whiteside is, because like Nurkic, he's a good offensive player. He can score. He can get it done down low. He can go out a little bit. He made a three or two against Houston, and then. Add in the fact that he's maybe maybe not as good of a rebounder, but still a very good rebounder, a much better defender, a much better passer, a much smarter uh, player in terms of, like shot selection. It's it's day and night the difference between between him and and Whiteside and how much better they look with Nurkic at the helm rather than than Hassan. I think Whiteside great rebounder, but uh, dude he gambles so much on defense. Uh, he gets into foul trouble so easily. I mean, it, it's just – it's amazing to watch them with a center who's a little bit more competent. But, Rudy, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I was going to add, you know, 
you look at this Laker team on paper and it does not look like a number one seed team. And you, then you look at a, a, a roster like the Trailblazers or the Clippers and you're like, yeah, these guys should very easily be one, two, three, and then the Lakers should be trailing around four or five. You know what I mean? And I've had this discussion with the boss the other day. Is, is this team top to bottom, the Lakers? It shouldn't work. It really shouldn't. But, like, for some reason, I think LeBron is just the glue. You know what I mean? He just kind of makes everyone around him better. I mean, Dwight Howard should not be important. I hate to put it that way, but he should not be, a, 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 at this stage in his career, such a vital part of a championship contender. But he kind of is. He is that, that, that guy off the bench, that big man that we kind of need. Caruso on any other roster would just be a, a bench player quite frankly, and that's all he would ever be. But for some reason with LeBron, he just kind of brings them together. The point that I'm trying to make is that, like, there's only three athletes that I know of that I can list that can just turn it on whenever they want, and that's LeBron, that's Michael Jordan, and that's Tom Brady. For some reason, they just continue to find a way to break people's hearts and just make people eat their words. And, you know, I'm not saying that people are counting out LeBron, but it kind of feels that way, especially this year. Um, but like I said, you know, it's, I'm not concerned about it. I think, you know, heading into the season, I was a little skeptical because not signing Kawhi, I thought was a big blow for the Lakers and then him going to the rival team and then them adding PG. It was just, it was just, it just did not seem like that championship contender status was there. Um, so I just thought we were going to make the playoffs and be okay with that and just kind of build off of that. But when LeBron is in year 17, you don't really build with a 35 36 year old um so i think this is the year if it's going to happen it has to be this year maybe next year but this has to be the year for la at least my la team the other ones can they can relocate please i don't want them (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like that's just the concern i mean like like you said who's the third guy on this team any green maybe I mean, Danny Green has been so spotty this year. Yeah. And, like, his three-point percentage, I don't have the number on me, but I can't imagine it being very good. Kuzma has flashes. uh, But, like, you know, on a championship contending team, flashes is not good enough. You need to be consistent. I think their third-leading scorer is KCP, which, again, is a guy that you look at and you say, if KCP is your third option, then I don't know what sort of team you're supposed to be on. I think the thing is, is that like these are Kuzma's third at like twelve Kuzma. points. Um, really inefficient though. Uh, I mean, and then then you know Dion Waiters is fourth. <laughs> Played five games. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's it's a team of of two incredible generational talents and a couple of middlemen that try to get the ball to them, realistically. And if they get points in between, great. If they get their highlight real plays, great. But at the end of the day, I don't think individual stats really matter to this team. They all just want to win a championship. Uh, you know, the, the guy with four points a game and the guy with 48 points a game, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They get the same ring at the end of the year. And if the Lakers could find a way to get through a very tough Western Conference, then I applaud their success because this is a very tough conference where I think Anyone could win. Anyone could win. Um, and the same cannot be said about the Eastern Conference. We all know who's making it out of there because that conference is straight trash. No, I think it's I think I think what you said about the Western Con- I mean, like 
Because I think the makeup of the Lakers team, and they've been saying this for years, is just like put a bunch of shooters around LeBron, and that's going to be the formula for success. He's going to facilitate. He's going to be able to uh, to slash. But if you have a guy for him to kick out, and I think generally the Lakers have their three point uh, percentages have been very up and down, and we're seeing that in the bubble. Uh, we're seeing the games where they're hitting, and we're seeing the games where they're missing. And it's hard to think that that's going to be sustainable over an entire playoff run. Uh, but, you know, I think at the same time, that's kind of every – I'm trying to think of a team in the Western Conference that doesn't really rely on that and has really hot three-point shooters that are continually making – like the Clippers aren't that, the Jazz aren't that, the Rockets, you know, have maybe the, one of the greatest shooters of all, or scorers of all time. Uh, but, you know, he can go one for 19 in a game from three. So it's – I think it's – yeah, it's – so wide open in comparison to the Eastern Conference, which on paper should be the Bucks and no one even close to them. I will make a case for, for both Toronto and Boston as two dark horses in the East. Also, like, look, I can't count out Miami either. Because even, like, I mean, you look, they lost by, like, 15 to Milwaukee the other day, but they did that without Jimmy Butler. And he hasn't, and Goran Dredge didn't play either. So their best bench, their best bench scorer, and their best point guard, and their star didn't play. I think they're such a good defensive team that um, they can they can make it a lot tougher for Giannis than any other team other than Toronto probably can. Uh, so I, I I look I I have a lot of faith in 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 Boston in Toronto in, in Miami to make it really tough for Milwaukee. And I think all three of those teams could hang in the Western conference. Yeah. I, I like Miami best out of those four. I think they just match up against the, the bucks, the best just with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I think it's just a guy that yeah. you're not stopping. He's the, I think if you put him on Giannis, he's the best shot that anyone in the Eastern conference has of uh, putting a stop to him. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think like him and then obviously now that Kawhi is gone, you Kawhi is not there anymore to stop Giannis. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think Ben's the next up. I'm The Pacers without Sabonis are finished. Yeah. No chance. TJ Warren can score 53 every game. Not going to do it for them. They can't do it without Sabonis. He's so talented. They're really going to miss him. Um, and, and Philadelphia. And the, the bottom even three are – Well, I mean, Ben Simmons, Simmons is out now. With and without Ben Simmons, they weren't they weren't going to beat Milwaukee. They weren't going to beat Boston. They weren't going to beat Toronto. Just a really underwhelming team. They made the wrong choice in my mind, sticking with Harris rather than Butler, because Harris is getting paid like he's like you know like a star star, and he's not even an all star. Though I will say that I don't know that Jimmy Butler would give the. Uh same attitude towards Matisse Thibel's vlogs. So it's a little bit, a little bit one way, a little bit the other. You know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy Butler would tolerate that. Uh. I, I do want to add this though. And I think it's, it's kind of one of these points that, you know, you're either going to agree or disagree with. Um, I think the best basketball, I think this, we could all agree on that. The best basketball that's been being played as of late are those bubble teams, you know, like those teams that are like kind of in and out of the playoffs. Those have been the most entertaining best basketball games that we have been able to watch since the NBA restarted. I think that's not even a question. 
you know, some of the basketball these guys are playing because they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Essentially, the playoffs have already started for these teams. And then, you know, obviously the Lakers are dropping games, but I don't think people are really focusing on how the other top teams aren't really taking it very seriously either. I mean, the Celtics lost to uh, Miami without without Butler. Exactly. The, the Bucks lost a, to Brooklyn. That was a close one, though. I think the, the thing I'll say about those games. It's Brooklyn, though. I mean, it's, it it's, 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 it doesn't matter if it's close. Exactly. Brooklyn's, you know. The Bucks didn't have Giannis or Middleton in the second half. Like, they played less than 20 minutes each. Miami beat Boston. Kemba's on a minute's restriction, so their best player didn't play that much. Um, I think a lot of the top teams just – I think it, it was – you know, you don't really – who cares about what seed you are right now other right. than for the matchup because – Four or five doesn't matter anymore. You don't get home court. Maybe your music is a little louder, but I don't think that really matters if there's no fans in the stands. So yeah, you're basically you're trying to avoid the Lakers or the Bucks. But yeah. then other than that, I think for the top teams, it's just about getting back into the rhythm of things. But Rudy, I totally agree with you. Every single one of these, you know, in the West, it's the not eight through twelve, and for the you know the East, even the. The Wizards, the Magic, and the uh, Nets are playing entertaining basketball, but every single minute of those games is meaningful for those players because not only are they fighting for a playoff spot, uh, you know, they're fighting for their jobs next years, and they're they're playing just really, really good, really, really uh, heart-filled basketball. Yeah, and I think one of the things we're missing right now, uh, I really wish Bradley Beal had was healthy because I think that Washington team with with Beal – slipping into the playoffs uh, as the eighth seed. That would have been really fun to watch Bradley Beal go one-man army against against Milwaukee, scoring like 45 a game in a four-game sweep. It, would, it just would have been fun. Because, like, right now it's like, you know, like, Milwaukee's going to play Brooklyn or, or uh, Washington. I'm not going to watch a single one of those games. I don't think a single game of that series is going to be on national TV because no one's going to watch it. I I'd remember rather watch last year. The Marlins year. play the Orioles, <laughs> the Nets, or 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 these like the the freaking bench warmer Nets, or or Washington without Beal play against um, against Milwaukee. It makes no sense. The same thing for the two seven matchup. Orlando was interesting last year because they took a game from Toronto. Orlando was interesting and, this year and because for they most had of Aaron it. Gordon and and Jonathan Isaac last year. They don't have either of them right now. Gordon's out now with the hamstring. The most entertaining thing he's done in the bubble is, you know, trash talk Kyle Lowry. And, you know, Isaac just tore his ACL. So it's like they could barely keep up with Philly today. And Philly's playing with Embiid and Harris, no Simmons, and and not a guard who knows how to, like, who's actually a point guard. So it, it was it, it's going to be a rough at that first round in the East other than the 3-6-4-5. But over, I, I just think these injuries have kind of – I think it was expected when you're coming back after like a three-month layoff uh, with Sabonis getting that leg injury uh, and then Gordon having his injury, Isaac, Isaac tearing an ACL, and then the Nuggets haven't had Murray or Barton or Harris at all. They haven't – neither of those three guys, none of them have played, so they've been playing without three starters since the start of this. And uh, yeah, I really, I mean, to your point, Rudy, the, these teams in the in like the, on the outside looking in, are the teams that have had the most entertaining games, because I really don't think any other team's really trying right now. Because where's the motivation? Like the Lakers, who cares if you look bad right now? More people count you out, and then the first round, if you 
go on a tear and sweep whoever it is you're playing, everybody shuts up. I'm really hoping... Sorry, go ahead, Rudy. No, that's what I hate about these Zoom calls, man. Is you need like a button. No, then I'll go. I'll go. I'll make mine quick. I just yeah. I'm I want to say that I'm hoping that more teams start doing what the Jazz did today, uh, which was basically the Jazz were playing without four of their starters. Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, and Royce O'Neal were all uh, sitting out. Joe Ingles was the only one playing because he's played like. 500 straight jazz games and doesn't want to break the streak but basically it's just the salt lake city stars their g league team playing against the spurs and you know as much i i had a lot of fun watching that game because it's just like again it's these guys that have everything to prove uh and so much to lose you know if they ball out here then who's to say maybe they'll sign a contract and not be in the g league next year um so I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see more of these extended bench uh, teams because it's just interesting to see the players that are at the end of these big, especially, you know, I'd love to see what the Lakers, like Lakers minus LeBron, AD, and Kuzma maybe, or Dwight Howard. Like that that's, would just, I want to see who these who these possibly have on roster. That's what it was yesterday. Against yeah, Houston. I guess you're right. It was, it was tough to watch though because like even Houston emptied their bench and it was just like, like, even the announcers were just like, yeah, this is an exhibition game. <laughs> and they seemed so out of it. I ended up watching, like, I was watching some random movie because I was like, dude, I, I cannot stand this. This is this is really hard to watch. Oh, yeah, I mean, it. we saw it. Yeah, the Lakers, you take out LeBron, AD, maybe Danny Green on his best days, and it's a, it's a G League team on paper. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the thing about basketball these days, maybe not so much in the past, but these days it really just shows how much depth is such an important role in building a championship team. Um, not going to lie to you guys. I kind of forgot my point, but I do know that I wanted to add that, you know, I think it is kind of interesting how the Lakers have gotten so much flack, especially from, big media that they're losing all these games you know what I mean maybe it's because the Lakers are kind of the team to talk about because they are the bigger market Absolutely. And they're, they're ending their playoff they're drought. LeBron. Um, exactly I mean you're not gonna not take up a chance to kind of you know point the finger at LeBron and be like maybe you're not good enough this year you know what I mean sort of fueling the fire so to speak but um, no one really talked about how Milwaukee lost to the Nets because everyone knew that they weren't playing their starters. So they were like, oh, it doesn't count. They weren't playing their starters. Neither were the Lakers and neither were the Clippers, so to speak, when they lost to the Suns. But you don't really hear people talking about that. And they're another major market team. So it's just one of those things where everyone's going to talk about the Lakers losing because it's the thing to do. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants to see us lose. You know what I mean? But I think the focus should really go back on those bubble teams and just how good of basketball we're getting from these teams. And, and you know, Owen, to your point earlier, it really is a shame that only a couple of these teams are going to make it in, the, that eight and nine for the play-in. Um, not necessarily a fan of that format where the nine has to beat them twice. I mm-hmm. wish it was just like a best of five series, like what the NHL is doing. Um, that way you really do see who is the better team. And um, It's just one of those things where – on the, in the long haul, I think the season already st- the the postseason already started for them. But for these, like you said, these one through six teams in the West and in the East, so to speak, it's it's just exhibition. It's all just getting those guys an opportunity to show their stuff. Maybe even you know give guys opportunities to put up shots that should the postseason arrive and they have that opportunity, they know what it's like being in that situation. 
God forbid we give the ball to Alex Caruso with five seconds left in a game. But, hell, if if the opportunity presents itself, can't say that opportunity wasn't given to him in the exhibition games. So, I don't know. I'm not worried about the Lakers. I'm not worried about any of these higher-seeded teams at all. At the end of the day, these games don't matter. I mean, yeah. they, I would have loved to see them just, like, cut, like, especially now because we don't know what the future of, like, starters resting is going to be. And so for some of these bubble yeah. teams, it could just be, like, whoever has the schedule where they're playing the teams that are starting their bench more end up uh, with the opportunity to play for this playoff. So, I, I mean, I would have loved to see them just, like, throw them in a round robin and whoever comes out of that uh, with the best record is uh, the seed because it really is it's, – it's a little disappointing, again, that some of these teams that are playing just such – good basketball are, are going to be left out in, in favor of some of these, you know, especially in the East. I mean, the West versus the East is, you know, I'll take any single one of those teams over the Nets, over the Wizards. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the only thing that I've seen that is kind of concerning for, for two teams, uh, two Western teams that I've been thinking of is like one Dallas. Um, they seem to have the same issue the Lakers do, except to a much larger extent because they don't have Anthony Davis and LeBron where it's like, who the heck is your third option? Because, like, Steph Curry did it when he played. Or Seth Curry, excuse me. Oh, God. Except he's been so streaky. The last few games, the games that they've lost to, to Phoenix and then again to L.A. last night, to the Clippers, who stepped up? Hardaway disappears most half the time. Either he has, like, a 25-point game or he scores three points. Um, Doncic and Porzingis can put up 70 points and then still lose because there there's like nobody there and like I think it's an issue they they were hoping I'm assuming they were hoping that hey Utah has injuries maybe they'll fall they don't have Bogdanovich maybe they'll fall or or Houston at six will fall a little bit and we can sneak into that sixth spot so you don't have to play LA in the first round but now it's like the Clipper now it's like you know the Mavs are I feel like they're penciled in at that seventh spot right now with the way they've been playing so now it's like, yeah, you know that you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna make it to the playoffs, but are you gonna win more than one game against the Clippers? Especially when you're not playing, you know, half the court is, you know, yeah. you're letting in 150 points on defense, and and you you really have no answer for for the Clippers because it's like, yeah, sure, you've got Finney Smith, who's a good defender. <laughs> But he's he's not locking down Kawhi or, or Paul George. Mm-hmm. Who who's gonna guard the second one? Luca and he's gonna, gonna get guard, burned. Seth Curry's gonna guard Paul George? No way, no way. I mean, I mean, it, maybe Porzingis has a good time uh, because it, it'll if, if Harold plays, it'll be Harold guarding him, or it's like Jamichael Green or my man Joakim Noah. But um, it it doesn't look good for Dallas. And then the other team is, I mean, I, oh, and I'm sorry, but I, I'm scared for Utah right now, too. Without, look, you're losing Bogdanovich. I think people really don't seem to understand or aren't aware of how good Bogdanovich is. Because 20 really, points. We lost 20 points off the top right there. Like, that's – and there's – I mean, what, it's been three years, the two years in Indiana and now in Utah. Before that, he was a role player. I mean, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. he wasn't that good. I remember when he would play against the Bulls in the in that – you know, that gruesome seven-game series, the the freaking Nate Robinson game, where they came down from, like, came back from, like, 20 down. Bogdanovich was a different player then. Even in Washington, the one year he spent in Washington, he really wasn't that amazing of a player. But, like, now it's like, he was your third best player. Yeah. Uh, 
Especially and on a lot of, and he was he was a guy that we could rely to be the third best player. He was a guy that when Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell were having an off night, he was a guy that could step up and score twenty points. And you know, he was a, another body. He was not a uh, negative on defense. It feels like every other player on the Jazz that's not Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert it, or Bogdanovich is either an offensive player or defense defensive player, but not both. And that's biting them in the the butt a lot, uh, these seeding games, because you've got guys, you know, Tony Bradley, who's the backup big is, you know, he's fine, but he's, he's gets lost on the defensive side and he's only good. He's good for, you know, five points and a couple of offensive boards and uh, really just will lose your points on the defensive end. Yeah. And I think that's, I I think it's sad that Bogdanovich has that reputation, but I feel like every Euro player has the reputation where it's like, can't play defense, but it's like Bogdanovich, that's a big loss. And I'm scared for Utah too, wherever they end up as the five or the six seed. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do against Houston. Oh God. If we have to play Houston again, I feel bad get for our butts kicked by Houston again for the third year in a row. I'll be a little, I'll be a little piffed. <laughs> Completely different teams too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, especially the Utah Houston rivalry. It's, it's, it's changed so much. And we match up somehow even worse because they will just small ball Rudy Gobert out of the game. And all of a sudden we're playing four versus five and, and that's not how you win a basketball game. Yeah. I mean, like I guess Denver might be a good matchup for Utah. Yeah. We want, we want the nuggets. We want at least you match up size wise. Exactly. (laughs) And, and Jokic Gobert would be a, a, it's, it'd be a really fun matchup. I'm looking forward to this moving forward. I, I, I just want, I want the playoffs to come. Because these bubble games have been fun, but I need that intense playoff basketball again where the top seeds aren't resting anybody or not really trying. There's still so much basketball to be played. That's insane. Like, it feels like – it felt like forever until we got basketball back, and now that we've had, you know, a week and a half of games, it's still like – we've got, like, a month and a half more of this. Yeah, I mean, like, what, October 12th is a potential game seven, I think? Or am I, think I thinking baseball? No, I think that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right? Okay. okay. And then we're going to have basketball back on Christmas in December. So it's like... In Orlando again? <laughs> <laughs> bubble 2.0? I feel like we might end up getting bubble 2.0 the way well, Bubble 2.0 is going to be that like eight-team bottom feeder <laughs> scrimmages that they say they don't want to play. <laughs> Steph at, Curry's at like, no, 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 no. At Wintrust? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, I I go down to watch. I try to find my way into that bubble. <laughs> Radio Paul Sports can get some press passes at, at Wintrust. <laughs> I'm still I, I still can't believe that we didn't get any for uh, the All Star game. And I'm a little. <laughs> that was our opportunity. Next year's Indiana. We can we can. I'll take a road trip. I'll road trip for that one. <laughs> Man, why are they having the All Star game in Indiana? Just have it in Chicago again. <laughs> exactly. Indiana sucks. <laughs> Though I don't know, maybe now with uh, with COVID, it'll be a little bit easier to uh, manage when it's you know the smallest big city in the country. I think I think the All Star Game's gonna be in the bubble next year. <laughs> I think it'd be more realistic to keep it in Indiana with no fans in there because God knows that the All Star Game wouldn't have any damn fans there anyways. Because that's not a basketball city, man. Why are you having it there? Yeah, look, Indianapolis is a really ugly city. I hate that city. After having to We're going on the record four times in the last year for for those Butler games, I can tell you Indianapolis sucks. 
the campus is literally in the suburbs, except the suburbs are the city. There's no city. There's no city. I mean, Owen, are you familiar with Oak Brooks downtown? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Indianapolis downtown might be more underwhelming than Oak oh. Brooks downtown. Ooh, yeah. That's I, I an ugly, say, ugly sentence. Being a big city guy, you know, coming from LA, moving to Chicago, that being considered a, a bigger city, uh, made me want to cry. I got a little depressed. I couldn't believe that people live there willingly. Um, I'm surprised that the city of Indianapolis has not um, sold that land to the government and just had it just one big ass prison, just where you keep people that just aren't happy. You just put all the people that are bad there because that's just a bad place to be. So or at least downgrade it to a town or a village. A village. No more Probably city classification. Yeah, when I look on a damn map <laughs> and the star is the same size as L.A. and Chicago and New York, something's wrong. Something's wrong. That's not, no, uh, that's not big, all right? Peyton Manning is not that good that he deserved to make that place that noticeable. He, he should be considered a saint. They should give him the key to the city for crying out loud. He made them relevant. You know, I, I just – I love hearing Indiana slander. I hate that state. I think it's one of the – maybe one of the worst states in the union. I would agree. One of the worst states in the world. Maybe one of the worst places in the world. And, and oh, I'm not going to back off on these comments because I hate that. I hate that state. And <laughs> We've already cut stuff out of the episode. We can't cut anymore. I, I know – this is kind of going back to the cities that we hate the most. I know it hurt a boss to his core to admit that Boston was a wild card, dark horse, whatever the word was. I know it hurt him to say that because I know how deeply in his soul he hates that city. And I could just – a boss, if Boston ever wins a championship again, you and I are just going to be – we're going to be more depressed than the people living in Indianapolis, to put it very lightly. <laughs> We're gonna. Boston we're gonna. A great city to be in for two hours once a decade. It's it's That's good. To be driving by, need to grab lunch. No, like go on the Freedom Trail, uh, visit you know the Paul Revere Church, and then get out before they get drunk and start yelling at you. I mean, and that's coming from someone whose family is from Boston. There are a lot of people in Boston that. Uh, would not be very fond of me, an LA person. Um, I remember I went there to go to her Boston College one time. Um, little side story: I was wearing my Dodger hat, and we had just lost the World Series to the to the uh, Astros. Had this random, definitely a freshman, but older than me, because I was touring the school, comes up to me and he goes, "The Dodgers blow." And I was like, yeah, I'm not coming to this school, man. I can't do that to myself. I left Boston. I have never returned since. Not because I don't have the opportunity to, but because I willingly will not go there unless I absolutely have to. I mean, I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. I, I don't care for that, that city. Um, and, and, you know, there's just, I just don't, there's not much I can say about it in terms of positives. Uh, anyways, where were we before we <laughs> went completely off the rails? We started we bad about half of America. Uh, I think we were talking about a second bubble or something. I don't know. We really got oh, off the side. That added to what I actually wanted to say. Um, I know it's been like a discussion in the past, especially before the bubble was a thing. But one thing that I'm not looking forward to the playoffs is 
just how dead the environment is going to be. Obviously, the focus is obviously going to be on the game itself, but there's something about that playoff atmosphere. Like, you, you, as much as the spectacle is the game itself, the environment is kind of what binds everything together, just that human interaction, especially that euphoria, you know what I mean, where, like, when Derrick Rose hit that game winner of Boston, just how crazy the United Center went, or or, or Dame's uh, buzzer beater, you know what I mean, Kobe's buzzer beater over the Suns, um, it's just it's just one of those fundamental pieces of the game that I cannot imagine the game without. And now that I'm put in a position where I have to experience it without that, it just it just makes me really upset. Um, there is no home court advantage. Realistically, being a number one seed doesn't matter besides the matchups that you get. While it's still important, home court advantage is a very very real thing. And not having that, I think, is going to be very detrimental to especially like a four and five seed where you know what the matchup's going to be. So you're already kind of planning on it, but you don't get those first two games at home. All you get is like you, like you said, a boss, the music's a little louder. So it, it's a component that we kind of need to acknowledge while we can kind of overlook at the same time. So I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts before I ramble for 30 minutes. I mean, yeah, it's, you're going to see fans that can't make noise uh, and are kind of just like Shaq. and yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, really, there's not anything. Uh, so I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think we're either going to see a lot of seven game series or a lot of four game series, um, because really, yeah, there's nothing. There's no incentive. It's all matchup. It's all. I mean, the whole bubble. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. So yeah. I think that's. I feel like it. Maybe it adds to it a little bit. Um, what I found, like, not really the crowd aspect, but, like, what I found really interesting is that, like, we're only ever seeing one side of the court. I want to see what the opposite side looks like. You know what I mean? Because we're always just seeing the benches and then the officials area in the center. Because I know there's stands over there and a lot of players go and watch. What does that look like? They showed us. I, I really want to know. Did you uh, when the Lakers were playing the Clippers? They they kind of they actually panned over to that opposite side quite a bit because a lot of the Suns were there, a lot of uh, I think Dame was there too. He was just chilling in the stands watching the game. It's interesting I because it's, that. it's so weird because there's like COVID restrictions, so it's kind of weird just seeing twenty guys spread out in the in the front in the on on court side, so to speak. I think it'd be really interesting to have that angle like in the finals or like in the what in the conference finals because they're not going to be playing so what are they going to do besides go watch the game a lot of people i think i think if you lose if you get eliminated you go home and i think after the first round the teams that are still there can have some of their families come in as well i think it's after the first round i believe so, so like, I mean, like, maybe you'll see, like, the family in the stands. And maybe the, after that, maybe in the, in the playoffs, they'll start zooming over to the sidelines, to the stands a little bit more. Because, like, the games I've been watching, I haven't seen them do that at all. I don't know if I'm just missing something, but, like, I've been watching so many of these games. No, so, so I, don't, I don't really think, like, no offense, but I don't think uh, LeBron or Kawhi or any, you know, Giannis, they're – I don't think they're very concerned about watching the, uh, you know, the Suns play or watching, God, God forbid, any of them go watch the Pelicans play right now. You know what I mean? 
no one's at those games. I don't even think I don't think people that like ESPN writers are there. They're just like, ah, we'll just check the box score after and send the tape. To, uh, they're watching the Laker game on their laptop. Account. Yeah, they're watching the tape. They're like, oh yeah, what should we rip on LeBron about tonight? But that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird few weeks. I'm looking forward to it though. I'm I'm just hoping these Blazers are able to, uh, you know, find their way to slither in, uh, and and get that eight seed. I want to see them play in a playoff series, not a play. I want to see them play in a playoff series too. I would love to see a, Lake, a Lakers Blazers first round. I would watch every single game of that, and I really do not like LeBron that much. So I, otherwise, I don't know that I'll be watching the Lakers. Play. I don't want to. If it's the Blazers, I might be. I don't want to see that. It kind of scares me. Not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not a very frightened man, but that that Damian Lillard guy in the playoffs, now that's kind of a bad man. I don't really want to see him. But, you know, on the other side of the table, you do have the king, LeBron. Don't count that guy out either. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's okay. Skinny Mellow is uh, Skinny Mellow is here. I would love a LeBron posterizing Lillard poster just right here so that every time we do Austin Roots, I'll have it right here. And then right next to it in December, maybe I'll have LeBron and AD bad radio. You can't see right here with the championship. And on the plaque is going to say for Kobe because that's what we're playing for this year. Nothing else. Don't care about number 17. Just care about the guy upstairs that's watching. Yeah, you see, no one wants to say anything now. <laughs> can't, Not can't, touching that with a 30-foot pole. <laughs> um, I think that's a good way to end it here. <laughs> <laughs> with my all right, basketball. y'all. <laughs> basketball all day, every day. We'll be watching. This is Boston Roods. Uh, one last thing before we go. Rudy, please, God. Tell Cody Bellinger to remember how to hit because for the sake of my fantasy team, which is getting like eight points out of my offense every day and still wins because my pitching is that good, I just need Bellinger to pretend to be a top five player. I need him to pretend. I need him to, to do more than that a hit a single every few games and, and maybe get on base here and there. I need, I need MVP Bellinger again. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay, you put a damn curse on everyone you draft. All right, I need you to trade Bellinger and get someone that doesn't matter because I need Bellinger back for my sake. I don't care about your little fantasy team. I care about a championship team, and we're not gonna have a championship team if a boss has him on his damn fantasy team. That is a fact. The boss curse is real. Um, so please trade Bellinger, please, because I would like a World Series. Hey, and I'll say one more real. thing before we go fantasy-related, and that's that I uh, would like to announce that I am officially um, taking the crown for our fantasy basketball league this year because there are no playoffs. And because I was tied for the best record, we we're just going to write that off, say who's, you know, who's generally the cooler guy, and that's probably me. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. Who'd you beat anyways? Yeah, what's the, what's the prize? I don't know. Uh, rights? Put your put your head down, and I'll, I'm gonna crown you. There he you has go. been crowned. Unless you can do that in post, right? 
the 2020 uh wait no the 2019 2020 radio to paul sports fantasy basketball champion owen I, i'm gonna give you 20 seconds to just talk about whatever you want rudy and me are gonna shut up you have facetime right please. wait wait wait. you have to let me pull up my team first because i don't remember who's on there uh i think jonathan jonathan isaac was very good to me this year uh i'd like Ooh, to thank him for bro. that uh, even though he's gone now. Oh, yeah, it's gone. Uh, so I think I also had uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think I drafted, and he was fun. Um, I'm pretty sure I had Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Harrow at some point. Uh, so I just want to say, you know, it was a first year me ever playing fantasy basketball. I translated my fantasy football uh, skills, obviously, came out with the dub. Uh, and I owe it all to half of the league not changing their lineups every week. So thank you, everybody. All right, there you have it. This has been Boston Roods. Owen, thanks for coming on. And Rudy, as always, great show. Boston Roods on Raider Paul Sports, student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Thanks for listening.